0: Home Depot is making multiple coats of paint a thing of the past. Bare Marquee with paint and primer in one has exceptional durability and guaranteed one-coat coverage in over a thousand colors. Only at the Home Depot. More saving. More doing.
1: There's no other race quite like this one.
2: It's such an amazing thing to see all these people just running down the street all at the same time.
1: 60,000 runners.
2: Running releases a lot of endorphins. It's euphoric. 3,500 volunteers.
1: And it's just fun high-fiving all the people when they run by. 6.2 miles.
3: I'm not too concerned about being the first in. I just don't want to be the last one. All on the 4th of July.
2: I'm there every year.
1: Let's get you ready. This is the Peachtree Podcast. The official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race.
2: Yes, you are listening to the inaugural edition of the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. I'm Jennifer Perry here with Jay Holder of the Atlanta Track Club. Jay, great to be with you.
4: Thanks for having me, Jennifer. This is this is really exciting to be doing this year for mm-hmm. the AJC Peachtree Road Race. We're the largest road race In the United States, the largest 10K in the world. So why should we not have our own podcast? Right.
2: Let's celebrate. Let's make this a thing, you know? Let's celebrate the next six weeks leading up to the big event because so many people look forward to it every year, Jay.
4: It's such a big party. You almost need a ramp up. I mean, you can't go from zero to 60,000 on July 4th. So what we want to do here is, is build up the hype.
2: Yeah. So. I don't know if it needed any more hype <laughs> because, I mean, this has become a tradition for so many families, not just the runners, but also the volunteers, the spectators. There's so many people involved, and Atlanta as a whole really gets involved in this July 4th tradition.
4: Yeah, you know, we always say we're a 60,000-person race, but we're really so much more than that. It takes mm-hmm. 3,500 volunteers to put this on, hundreds of thousands of people who watch from Peachtree and on 10th there lining this course uh, and, of course, the, the family members of those who are racing. I mean, if you're putting in 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks of training, there's somebody at home yeah. <laughs> that's there when you get back and is washing your sweaty clothes and <laughs> cooking your dinner and having that cold beer ready for you. So it touches so many people beyond the 60,000 who run it. It really, as you said, is, is, a, is an Atlanta-wide event, a Georgia-wide event, and is quickly becoming a nationwide event. Uh, this is the biggest – I can't think of a bigger July 4th celebration Anywhere in the country.
2: I can't either. I was telling you, I had to be involved in mm-hmm. this because I'm one of those average Joe runners. I mean, I gear up for the peach tree every year and I've kind of expanded my running thanks mm-hmm. to the peach tree. I started on this race ten years ago and I was hooked. I'm I'm sure you hear that from a lot of people.
4: Lots of people. This is this is sort of a the gateway drug into running. <laughs> and you're a great example. I was looking this morning, just I I, I wanted to look at what your history was with, mm-hmm. with running and, and so you've done the peach tree, but now you've done The PNC Atlanta 10-Miler. Yes. The Thanksgiving Day Half Marathon. I
2: love that one.
4: And the public's Georgia Marathon. Yeah. So that's, if I mean, if there's any evidence that this is the gateway drug into running, you are case number one. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it's why I wanted to be part of this ongoing six-week party that we're having here on the Peachtree podcast. So great to be with you. We're going to have a lot of great guests too. And uh, some of the elite runners out there, I mean, the fastest of the fast, Jay.
4: Yeah. And that's one of the great things about the AJC Peachtree Road Race. There are 60,000 people in there and there are 60,000 different faces and different stories. Uh, and it's every... Everybody from that guy who's gonna run 27 minutes on this hilly course, to someone who's running it for the first time, to someone who's been training for 12 weeks, to someone who has been training since they got out of bed and walked to Marta yeah. on July 4th. <laughs> um, and so, and we're going to hear from all of those voices, as you said. Uh, this year, we're the U.S. 10-kilometer championship, so we're going to have the best runners in America here. But we're also going to have the most dedicated runners in Atlanta who come year after year to this event because they're hooked. They just can't miss it. It's part of their July 4th. So we're going to hear from our race director, Rich Kanawha. We're going to hear from the guy who runs our starting line. We're going to hear from Kerry Tollefson, who, uh, who calls our race for NBA. We're going to hear from Bernard Legat, who's the U.S. 10K record holder and is running the race this year. I'm really excited to talk to some of these people and get the different perspectives on Peachtree, um, because everybody looks at it a different way. They have their own unique experience with this event.
2: They certainly do. So there is something for everyone here over the next six weeks. You can take us along on your run with you. Play the Peachtree Podcast while you're out there on those training runs. Get some tips from some of the best out there, and you're going to learn a lot here with me and with Jay and all of our guests here on the Peachtree Podcast. Well, Jay, I think we have to bring in the guy who actually helps make all of this happen, helps bring everyone together for Atlanta's July 4th tradition, and uh, you work for this guy.
4: Yeah, I would say say helps is an understatement. Helps, yeah. really really driving the giant train that is the AJC Peachtree Road Race, and that's Rich Kanaugh, executive director of Atlanta Track Club and the race director for the world's largest 10K.
2: Now, Rich, when you took this job several years ago, did you know what a big undertaking this would be? Were you excited about running the world's largest 10K right here in Atlanta?
1: Well, in broad strokes, I I knew it was the world's largest 10K, but I'm not sure any job or any experience can prepare you for, for operating the world's largest 10K. And I will say, while I am, as Jay says, driving the train, there are 60,000 folks on this train <laughs> being supported by about 5,000 volunteers and staff. So so it really does take a village to put on the world's largest 10K.
2: How important is this tradition to you personally? Did you run this before? Did you ever do this race uh, as an athlete? That's
1: a great question. No, I, I was an 800-meter runner, so this okay. is... Uh, this is exactly 12 times further than I would like to race, uh, but my wife was an elite athlete as well. So she raced uh, the AJC Peachtree Road Race in 1996. So I get my, uh, my understanding of, of the race itself uh, at home every day.
4: This is year four. Correct? Correct. That's Correct. My You're four of, of being the race director for this race. Is this still a learning experience? Do you learn something new every year? Or do, you, do you have it pretty much down?
1: The scale of this race is such that there's no way you can you can learn it in a year or two years, or I would say even four years. We have a course director who's been the director for for decades, and he learns something new every year. And when I talk scale, I mean the number of participants, but the way the race is laid out. It's a point-to-point course, Mm -hmm. so so you can never see everything uh, in one year.
2: Well, as a runner, from the runner's perspective, I'm always impressed. It's kind of like a well-oiled machine from the starting waves and how you just move people to the starting line. That's an event in itself, and your volunteers are always impressive there. But kind of take us through the route. What are the most challenging points here as a race director? The moving pieces, how do you get 60,000 runners from start to finish? What are the logistics like?
1: Uh, well, it's almost as hard to, to explain the logistics as it is to manage the logistics. I, I would start by saying our lay leadership, our committee, uh, has, has roughly 20 individuals uh, who help guide the race. And amongst those 20 individuals, we have hundreds and hundreds of years worth of experience putting on this event. And that gives me great comfort uh, as, as I get uh, an hour or two asleep uh, the night before the race. <laughs> But to your point, the scale, and I keep going back to the scale, is, is what you always have to keep in mind. If you're putting on a 10K for 1,000 people, 5,000 people, even 10,000 people, a minor change or hiccup can be managed relatively easily. When you have 60,000 people, 60,000 participants and hundreds of thousands potentially of uh, spectators, you can't just make a minor tweak or change to the race without thinking through the sort of the domino effect that happens. So that is the focus that I have every day that that we as a staff have every day and are roughly four to 5,000 volunteers. So a a tweak at the start line uh, has a significant impact on the finish line. And that's really not the case for most road races.
4: We talked about the tradition that is the AJC Peachtree Road Race. There are so many things about this that don't change from year to year. The t-shirt, the start line, the finish line. That said, there are some changes this year with the 48th running. Can you talk a little bit about some of the new things people will see if they're participating this year?
1: We are what Atlanta does on the 4th of July. I like to say we're the world's largest running party, mm-hmm. not the world's largest 10K. But each and every year, we try to keep that sort of the, those core elements that make the event something special. Probably the, the most visible one is, is the finisher shirt that everyone knows about and uh, that you only get when you come across that finish line. Uh, but we try to layer in something a little bit new, a little bit different each and every year. So, uh, Jay, to your point, uh, number one. Uh, Believe it or not, in our 47 years to date, we had not spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to cool the water, the fluids that the participants get at the end of the race. Uh, And we're coming off a year last year when we had record high temperatures.
2: It was hot. It was brutally hot, Rich. (laughs) Yes, it was. And the
1: water that people were drinking as the morning went on got increasingly warm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we are we are going to, I'm not going to say we're going to try, we are going to hand out tens of thousands of cold bottles of water. Uh, nice. And it might seem like, hey, yeah, no big deal. But how do you, and if you've been at the finish line of the peach tree, you understand how quickly people flow through there. Mm-hmm. How do you start out with cold water in the morning and continue to replenish that cold water in a way that keeps Everyone moving through the meadow. So you don't have a backup on 10th Street.
4: We're not talking about rows of refrigerators here. <laughs> uh, no, We thought about that, but, but uh, no, no
1: rows of refrigerators. But, uh, you know, I, I think our finish line operation, our, our fluid distribution would pass mustard in any sort of production and operations management class for any business school uh, around the country.
2: I think so, too. And I think the runners will appreciate that change this year. But uh, what about the starting line, too? Anything different there that we need to be aware of? Uh,
1: yes, uh, we, we're trying to layer in technology in, in an appropriate way, in a way that enhances the experience for the participants. So for the first time, we're going to have a video board and that video board will be at the corner of Peachtree and Lennox. Uh, and it will, sh- of course, show the broadcast of the race for those who are standing and watching as they prepare to head down Peachtree. But you will have the opportunity, or, or you as a participant, will have the opportunity to interact with that uh, video board through a social flow app that we'll use. So you'll be able to communicate with uh, 60,000 of your best friends there cool. as you stand at the start line.
4: You, you talked about the broadcast. Not only will you be able to see the AJC Peachtree Road Race locally on 11 Alive, but there's a national broadcast this year as well?
1: Yeah, we're proud to uh, to announce, actually, that that we are going to be broadcast on NBC Sports Network and a national broadcast. And this will be the first of a three year run with NBC Sports Network. So we're very, very pleased that locally you'll be able to watch us for four hours on Eleven Alive, uh, as well as a highlight show right before you head out to the fireworks. Uh, But then folks around the country can watch us uh, for an hour in a highlight show on the evening of the Fourth of July as well.
4: So you can celebrate the AJC Peachtree Road Race all day. What about immediately after you cross the finish line? You go out into Piedmont Park. What's there for for families and participants to to hang out and really celebrate their accomplishment?
1: Well, after you uh, collect that cold bottle of water and you grab your finisher shirt and your snacks and your services, we're proud of the fact We, we spend a lot of time thinking about what the runners and the walkers want to do other than cool down. And we're gonna feature an interactive stage this year. So we've had, uh, we've had a lot of different options for entertainment in, in previous years with, uh, with a very formal award ceremony. Uh, and we're gonna spend a lot of time this year with our MCs and our talent on stage, just interacting with the participants as they're spending time in the, in the meadow, celebrating their finish and uh, celebrating Independence Day.
2: Let's talk about the best of the best who are also here for this year's race. Is that one of the reasons that NBC took attention to this particular race, the U.S. 10K championship here?
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you win the 48th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, uh, you are also going to be the, you know, crowned the, the U.S. 10K champion. So we're, we're very pleased to partner with USA Track and Field and NBC Sports to feature the U.S. championships on both the men and the women's side.
2: Well, I'm thinking with all the national exposure, a lot of people in the running community already know about this race, but a lot more are going to be interested in doing this particular 10K. Do you ever see a point when you increase that number from 60,000 runners to even more?
1: Now we think about it all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I think you touch on a, on a great point there. We have... 47 states represented uh, thus wow. far uh, for, for the 48th running of the Petri. Of course, I want to make that 50, and I think we have 21 countries represented. But we still are very much a local, regional event, and it is an Atlanta tradition. And we look forward to welcoming more runners and walkers from around the country and around the world here in the future uh, to celebrate the 4th of July like only Atlanta can.
2: Well, Jay and I were talking, you know, this becomes a tradition for so many runners. A lot of people get hooked on this race, but this is not what you do year-round. I mean, this is a year-round planning focus for you guys, planning such a huge race. But Atlanta Track Club has events throughout the year. So for those runners who do get hooked on July 4th, there's so much more to do, Rich.
1: Great point. So we, we do around 30 events a year, and our vision is to impact health and wellness through running and walking. And the Peach Tree is our flagship event and will always be our flagship event. Uh, and we see that as a great trigger, a mechanism to get people to be more active throughout the year. So our goal is to speak to you and see you more often than just the 4th of July.
4: Before we let you go, where can we find you on race day?
1: <laughs> what time on race day?
4: <laughs> let's actually, let's, so let's, let's talk about your day. How does your day begin on July 4th and, and how does your day end?
1: Race day begins for me in here in the office, just looking at the weather reports and reviewing the weather with a few different uh, national and local government agencies to to make sure that the weather looks okay, uh, basically safe for for sixty thousand folks. Uh, from there, I start uh, at the start line, uh, overseeing uh, our build out. Now, the unique thing about this race is that the, we're the world's largest ten k, uh, and if you go to the start line at midnight the night before, you would never know that there are going to be 60,000 folks standing there in, in six hours. So it's a sprint to build out a start line and then to take that down. So so I'm, I'm at the start line uh, watching this incredible thing get pulled together, loaded in, and then at, uh, at 6.43 when our wheelchairs start, uh, I'll be there, and when our 7:30 start happens for the masses, I'll be there. And then at 9:05, when our last folks come across the start line, I'll be there. Uh, and then I make my way to the finish line and try to greet as many of those 60,000 folks as they come across the finish line as I can.
4: What's your July 5th look like? I hope on the couch somewhere <laughs>
2: taking a nap.
1: <laughs> I wish the, the well. The fact of the matter remains is when the runners are finished, our work is only about halfway done. So we're back here in the office. We're unloading reviewing results communicating with the media and just uh, making sure uh, that we put a you know a nice exclamation point at the end of uh, the 48th running of the Peachtree road race
2: rich great to have you with us to get us started and uh, get everybody pumped up for the ajc Peachtree road race and uh, good luck over the next few weeks
1: thanks appreciate it time now for this week's peach tree podcast training tip
5: Hi guys, this is Carrie Tollefson, 2004 Olympian and host of the Sea Tally Run podcast. This week's training tip is about hydration. It's important to be drinking water and electrolytes before, during, and after your run, especially when you are training in the heat and humidity. You should start taking in fluids consistently four hours before your run. The average runner needs at least 15 ounces. While you're running, aim for three to eight ounces every 20 minutes. When you step on the scale after your run, you'll notice you've lost a lot of weight. That's water weight. Be sure to drink 24 ounces for every pound you lost. That's this week's training tip. I'll see you at the finish line. Until then, make sure you get after it. That was kind of the kick in the
2: pants I think a lot of us needed there, Jay. Carrie's very motivational. (laughs) Yeah, if there's anybody I turn to
4: frequently for a kick in the pants with my own running, it's Carrie Tullifson, and and we look forward to hearing from her on race day. She's part of the NBC broadcast. Hey, what does it mean to taste the feeling of Coca-Cola? It's a cap-twisting, bubbles-fizzing, ice-dripping, refreshing, sipping, moment-stopping, nothing-topping this feeling. Whether it's a work day, a vacation day, or a holiday, any day is a good day for some ice-cold refreshment. So grab a Coke today and taste the feeling.
2: Jay, time to meet some of the people who will actually be out there on the course. We have two of the 60,000 runners right here with us today. One is a first-timer and one is a veteran and kind of an interesting backstory here too. Yeah, we set
4: out to find somebody who's doing this for the first time and and somebody who's done it between somewhere, I don't know, between five and 48 times. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't expect to find a father-daughter duo, but we did. And we thought that that would be even more interesting because we're pretty sure there was some peer pressure there. (laughs)
5: <laughs> we have
4: Allie and Billy here with us, and Billy's the veteran. Billy, how many how many times have you done the AJCP Street Road Race? Nine times. Nine, Nine times. times. So that fits in between our five and forty eight. <laughs> and Allie, you are a first time.
6: Yes, first timer.
4: And what role did your dad play? in this decision to do the race
6: this year? Not, he actually didn't. It was my idea this year to run really? it. I wanted to run it together, but obviously I've heard of nine mm-hmm. stories, at least from previous experiences, about him running it. And I just, you know, I watch it on TV. We always watch it together on the fourth, so I just thought it would be a good
2: experience. Uh, have you ever watched in person?
6: No, I haven't. No, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. So this will be kind of a but new experience. Brand new for me. All yes, right. brand new. awesome. Now, Billy, what advice did you have for her on running her very first Peachtree?
3: <laughs> just have fun. It's a, it's a blast, it's a big party, and And uh, a lot of fun so I'm glad she'd be a part of it and and it's pretty special that I get to run it again with her.
0: Now she said this was her decision but I feel like you must take some
3: credit for this. (laughs) Well, we have another little race that we do around Fourth of July, so that keeps us out of Atlanta during that time period. Ah. And uh, of course, now she's moved to Atlanta after graduating from college, and uh, just thought that hey, you got to mm-hmm. if, if you're in Atlanta, you need to experience mm-hmm. the Peach Tree. So that uh, was my motivation. Yes.
2: So how's the training going? I'm going to start with you, Allie. So no. since this, this is your first time, what are some of the challenges that you're running into at this point?
6: Getting motivated after work. Okay. It's, <laughs> when I come home from a full day at work, it is very, very, very hard for me to want to slip on some shoes and go running. But I've been doing it and it's, it's been good, but challenging for sure.
2: Well, we have Atlanta Track Club coach Amy Begley also on the line with us today. Uh, Amy, any tips for us in terms of getting that motivation level up, especially right now when we're starting out our training?
5: I think there's a couple different things that you can do. The first would be to find people to run with. It's always better and more fun to run with people or walk with people. And there's definitely, uh, especially running stores around that have group runs. I know there's a lot that do Tuesday, Thursday that do... Monday, Wednesday, um, so you could find the place to stop on the way home instead of going home. Most people say I'll do it at home and then oh, something comes up.
4: Have you thought about running before work because you know, it's, it, it's a little cooler and it's harder to get up it is dark.
6: Don't necessarily feel comfortable running out in the streets by myself.
2: <laughs> but Amy, is there something to the trick of getting up in the morning and getting it out of the way? Do you see most successful runners start early in the day?
5: Some people do, uh, definitely because one, it's cooler, one, there's nothing that really stops you. You, know, you haven't checked your email yet, and you haven't you know, gotten distracted by everything else in life. The race is in the morning, and you want to make sure that the body is used to actually getting up and getting warmed up and actually doing it in the morning so that it's not the first time that your body's having to deal with that.
2: Allie, where are you with your mileage right now? I mean, I've been practicing six miles. Okay, so so you're already up there. Run walking. No, run walking. Okay. But that's (laughs) a good start. And Amy, that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. The little bit of running, a little bit of walking Mm -hmm. along the way?
5: Oh, yeah, definitely. We have, in our program, we have runners, we have walkers, and what I call the the sweet spot in the middle of our run walkers. And there's, you know, two different types of run walkers. There's those that are always going to run walk, whether that's 30 seconds running, 30 seconds walking, a minute walking, a minute running or those run walkers that are trying to eventually run the whole thing. And we have still, that's
4: pretty much the bulk of our program is, is those in the middle. Billy, you're, you're a veteran now. Do you have this thing down? I and mean, what is your training like? you just kind of show up now on the fourth and run? Or?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's going to be my situation. Uh, I'm sort of a run walker also, but I do get up early and get in my workout before work. Uh, but Allie's I,
2: rolling her eyes, yeah, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and, and,
3: and I have been doing that for years, but I walk. And uh, then I ride my bicycle at other times, but uh, mainly, mainly just just walk and do a little bit of running. Uh, but I feel like I'm in pretty good shape uh, and ready for it.
2: Are injuries a concern for you at this point? I, I saw some concern when you walked into the studio yeah, today. Well, of
3: course, my knees from all the running in the past, and uh, that's why I don't run as much now. But. Uh, yeah, I had an accident on my bicycle just uh, two weeks ago and dislocated my shoulder. but
2: Okay, this was not a running accident. No, Let's be clear that's on right. this. It Clearly, was a bike accident. That's right, but so... the doctor
3: says I'll be good to go. So. <laughs> all right.
4: And, and Ellie, you're also, at, at the time of this recording, nursing a little bit of a non-running injury. Between the yes. two of you, you got yes. you make one whole runner. You just have wisdom teeth out. How yes. is it running with with uh, post-op from wisdom teeth? That's got to be I haven't tried it. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't tried it. He a, told
6: me to take it easy for a few days. So,
4: Amy, what would you say to someone? Let's let's throw two hypothetical scenarios here. Say I dislocated my shoulder or just had my wisdom teeth out in the middle of training. What should I do?
5: That's well, kind of interesting. We actually have had a participant in the past that did the, the shoulder. She had to have it in a sling for a while, and you know she moved from doing the run walking to just the walking and just really being careful with, you gotta be more concerned about falling, and you just need to be really concerned about a lot of the movement, so you definitely, I would say, strengthen the core a little bit more so that there's less swinging going on. And then my husband and I had an interesting wisdom teeth. Been, I followed all the rules and did everything the doctor told me, and my husband decided that he should race the very next day when he got his out, and um, you know, if definitely had a worse experience than I did. Oh, <laughs> boy. We know. Definitely take it easy. Um, training is designed for a few bumps in the road. So you can be sick, you can take some days off. It's, it's designed to be okay to do that. Um, you don't have to follow training 100%. It doesn't have to go perfect to still be able to have a great race.
2: Good to know for those who are dealing with various injuries or wisdom teeth removal those kinds of things that do come up. You can't necessarily have a perfect training plan every year, but uh, good to know that uh, you can get through it. But uh, Allie, at this point, what's your biggest questions the first time? Or do you have any questions about the course itself or how your training is progressing? No, not the course.
6: No, I guess I don't really have any questions. I'm trying to think of some, but
2: Well Billy, apparently you've taught her pretty well. So <laughs>
3: we'll see. I think but we're just gonna have fun. Yeah, yeah that's so the main I'm not thing. too stressed not, about it though. Not hurt ourselves any more than yeah. we have. And
4: <laughs> is is there any competition here though? Who's gonna who's gonna cross the finish line first or are you going to cross it together?
6: I think the plan is together. The plan
3: is together.
6: I love that I'm idea. Sure. I think I mean, that's The whole special. point is doing it together. It's yeah, right. We're not exactly. trying to get the best time. We'll see right. how have the first the one goes together. Yeah, and, next then, year. and
3: then maybe some competition <laughs> yeah. on. Maybe on after that. <laughs>
2: I mean, if someone feels really good at that turn, I'm, yeah, I, I, I say yeah. just go for it. Go for <laughs> it. Yeah, I say too. Yeah, you can keep an eye on each other in that last stretch there. But uh, great to have you with us, guys. And I, I think it's I'm encouraging. So. This is the kind of thing you see all the time, though, Jay, right? Families get into this together. Yeah, there are very
4: few people that come to this event by themselves themselves and and I think it's the just the nature of the event that it is a family it is a there's a lot of focus on the family and it's July 4th so people are with their family regardless of of what they're doing so why not come run a a road race Um, and, and it's you know it it makes it that much more fun of a party when you've got people there that you know and love.
2: Well, Amy, what is your biggest advice for both the newbies out there, the first timers, and the veterans alike in running their race? Because I think everyone wants to have the best race possible. I
5: would probably break it into a few things. I would say the first is to make sure and have everything prepared the night before and know where you're going and what's start corral. That's kind of the first thing so that you're not overwhelmed and anxious when it starts. The middle part, I would say that the water stops, and if you're doing run walking, are probably the most uh, anxiety parts of it. So I would recommend going to maybe the last table of the water stop, so you're not stopping at the first one. And remember that everyone's coming behind you, so grab and go, and uh, don't stop, just keep going. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing run walking, uh, the best thing to do, you know, with the training programs, we teach them that you know if the hand comes up, you're either starting or stopping. And when you move to the walk section, try to move over to the side so that you're not stopping in front of uh, in front of people. Just, uh, make sure that you know where you're going to meet your family and how you're going to get back to your car and get home. You have
2: competition from 60,000 other runners there, plus all the thousands of family members who are there. But uh, great to see a family running this together. So thanks good. so much for being with us on the Peachtree Podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having Thank us. You.
4: Big Peach Running Company is proud to be the exclusive run specialty store of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, which means you'll find all of the official licensed AJC Peachtree Road Race gear, including the limited edition Peachtree Wave Rider 20 at all seven Big Peach Running Company locations. Big Peach Running Company carries a wide range of footwear, apparel, and accessories from the leading manufacturers, including Mizuno, to meet all your running and fitness needs. As part of its award-winning fit process, Big Peach Running Company offers a free video gait analysis to make sure you get not only a good shoe, but the right shoe. Big Peach Running Company is open seven days a week with locations in Alpharetta, Brookhaven, Decatur, Kennesaw, Midtown, Marietta, and Suwanee. And not only do they offer the best service and selection, but their fun-friendly staff are dedicated to making sure your best miles are those covered on foot.
2: Good time to bring in one of the members of that fun, friendly staff, and actually the guy at Big Peach Running Company, and that's Mike Constantino.
4: And, and Mike, the first thing I need to do is thank you, because I was out this weekend on a run, and it was a little warm. Actually, it was Friday. And uh, and, and I went in the afternoon, which is never a great idea, and I run mm-hmm. through Decatur on my, on, on my loop, and about a mile away from the Decatur store, I remembered that there's a cooler sitting out there That with is water. true. Yes, there is. <laughs> and I said, you know, that... Thank God for that because I just need to stop and get some hydration and you guys came through. So thank you for having that out there all the time because it's helped me out. That's not the first time it's helped me out, but it's well, it's, it's always helpful.
0: It's our pleasure and, and it's obviously things like that that, that we need to do to, to truly connect with the community and this time of year when our hydration needs become more and more important as the temperature goes up, the humidity does the same. Certainly that's something that uh, you can attest to and I hope others will follow us as, as a good piece of advice.
4: So obviously the the heat that I was feeling yesterday, it's only going to get worse as we get closer to the AJC Peachtree Road Race. It's important to have the proper apparel run in heat and humidity and you guys have that
0: we we do and and you said it's only gonna get worse for those of us doing the race I would say maybe it's only gonna get better right we want to simulate race conditions as much as we can Mm -hmm. so it's only gonna get better because it's gonna be more like it what it will be on the morning of July 4th and and certainly when it comes to apparel or other products apparel that you're gonna want to be mindful of there are certain fibers and certain construction considerations that are gonna make certain pieces just that much more comfortable you're not gonna want to use cotton some people have heard the term cotton is rotten or what we might say to that person who gets to about the three and a half mile mark and has to head up the hill and and now they're starting to chafe or they're starting to feel their garments clinging to them cotton kills right it kills their opportunity to enjoy the back half of the race it kills their opportunity to enjoy what they and maybe some family members are doing together So synthetic materials are going to be their friend. Obviously, there are uh, certain cuts that just seemingly make more sense, sleeveless and tanks for both men and women, whether it's licensed merchandise from the AJC Peachtree Road Race or other garments that we carry seem to be more comfortable, even if it is a little chilly at the start line, even if you know you're going to be doused in water along the way. And then as we look at things like socks, that's where you can make a really, really difficult decision or maybe uh, come into some difficulty if you don't make the right decision. Socks, you're going to want to use those synthetic materials as well. It's not about color necessarily. It's not about whether it comes up high or whether it has a tab, but you are not going to want something like cotton inside your shoes not only does perspiration but all the water on the course just makes a perfect breeding ground for blisters so something that's gonna pull that moisture away from your feet get it to the outside of your shoe so that it can evaporate that's what's going to keep you comfortable as you make your way down Peachtree and ultimately into Piedmont Park and celebrate, rightfully, what you've just accomplished on, uh, on that big holiday. You brought up a topic that, that people don't always like to talk about, but,
4: but it happens. You brought up chafing. Mm, <laughs> chafing and even if t- you're wearing the best of the, of the best apparel, it can happen. And, and there are products that you can, you can get at Big Peach Running Company and, uh, that, that can help prevent that.
0: That is true. And, and chafing isn't just apparel and body. Some of us learn this the hard way. There are body parts of ours that rub together. They just do, right? <laughs> just happen. We had yeah. no idea like that our not. two legs rub yeah. together and we're not necessarily proud of it or telling all of our relatives. It's what happens on July 4th when we're running the race, but it doesn't make it any less, any less true. <laughs> so there are lubricants. Oftentimes you'll hear the term body glide, somewhat like Kleenex, where it was that brand that invented the category. But what we need to do is eliminate the friction and something like body glide or other products that you can find at big peach running company whether it's putting it in between apparel and parts of your body that may be subject to chafing or two parts of your body that might just rub together whether it's underneath your arms whether it is on your feet whether it is on your legs it's going to make you so much more comfortable because there's no doubt that your body your apparel and moisture are going to mix On July 4th when you're doing this race so now to make sure that they don't mix in a disastrous kind of way is the recipe you need to find and something like a lubricant or a body glide is a good ingredient to have with you
2: no one wants to be the guy with the white shirt who had oh, a little chafing went on there. the chest. Yes, yeah, but that, oh my I mean, goodness. can we just be real? Well done, that can can is we so just true. just be real? You don't want to be that Unless guy.
4: Unless you really want to live on an in internet meme history, because because that guy is all over my
2: Facebook
0: feed. <laughs> yes. Well, and we talk about if, if, if your family doesn't think you're committed to this, wearing non-technical apparel, no lubrication, and having an experience where your shoes are too short, That's what you want because nobody will doubt your commitment when you show up at the pool that afternoon (laughs) and your toenails are black. You've got red marks all over your entire body and you can't walk the way you normally would, not because you didn't do the training, but because you're chafed so badly. They'll understand that you were committed to finishing by one look at
2: you. Another thing you need to do to prevent chafing is... Try out your clothes ahead of time. And I know sometimes with a big race especially, a lot of people want to go out and buy a certain outfit. And uh, for this one, some people try out the costumes too. You need to try that out ahead of time, right, Mike? <laughs> that, is, that is
0: great advice, and it really is from head to toe. You're gonna to wanna to try it all, mm-hmm. at least one time beforehand, and, and certainly products that you can get further out. It's not like if you buy gear in April or May that you're not gonna be able to wear it on July 4th. So trying it as many times as you can, and not just, okay, I didn't have something chafe, but maybe there's that product now that you've tested that just makes you that much more uh, enthusiastic about July 4th, because mm-hmm. it feels so good, And it seems to perform so well. So certainly that's great advice. I mean,
2: because you mentioned socks, I mean, socks have changed people's lives in terms of reducing the blistering and just the support of the foot. It's interesting all the different apparel that you have now to support those runners injuries, you know, those things that uh, typically go wrong on a run. It's amazing what the right clothing, the right shoes, the right socks can do for you.
0: That's, that's exactly right. It doesn't. Guarantee that you're going to be in Piedmont Park with a smile on your face But I can tell you the sooner that you start testing things out like socks And if the minimal acceptable solution is I didn't get a blister you're missing out instead It should be just like you said you put it on and immediately you feel like yes this feels so good I'm looking forward to being out there I'm looking forward to what lays ahead and I know that this is going to be a big and fun day for me So that notion of
4: I just bought this pair of shoes I need to break them in that's a that's a myth right?
0: Well, it's not a myth. Here's what I would say in a couple of things. First of all, just like with the socks, the more that you can use them get used to them, break them in. So they've kind of become custom to who you are, the better off. The reality is there are parts of your shoe that will begin to be more who you are, whether it's the upper that's going to be subject to moisture and perspiration. We oftentimes hear, will they change size? They shouldn't. They're all synthetic materials. They shouldn't. But we also know that there are shoes in our closet that just fit more comfortably after we've had them for a while in addition the sock liner which is just this thin piece that sits above the midsole and is in between kind of that middle part of your shoe and your foot when you pull that sock liner out you'll see where your heel or your toes have indented that piece and that customizes the shoe to some degree for you so having a sock liner inside the shoe is gonna make it feel more like who you are and what your foot requires than it would if you just pulled it out of the box on race day now, here's the flip side of that. We get people, you wouldn't believe how, how busy our stores are. On July 1st July 2nd July 3rd and of course they're all doing the race Mm -hmm. and they'll say is this a good idea getting a pair of shoes today and the question that we have to ask and here's what everybody listening to this should not have to listen to because you're gonna make a good decision you're gonna get your stuff well ahead of time but if you have somebody who has not yet made that good decision did not take your advice and they show up and they're in one of our stores on July 3rd if they say well here's my other option and it's a pair of trash shoes that they've not you know, necessarily thought about for years, they've got a 1,000 miles on them, or worse, they're not even technically capable of preventing the impact that's just going to occur, then yes, a new pair of shoes is better than something that's beyond its useful life or not really designed for running. And at that point, we would say, look, this isn't ideal. Let's do it differently next year. But if you're gonna choose between a pair of shoes that's not qualified and a brand new pair, then a brand new pair is probably the better option.
4: I think you've made a strong case for what I'm about to ask in, in everything you've said so far, but there's a reason that the AJCP Street Road Race has an official Run Specialty partner. We want people to get their gear from the experts. Tell me why Run Specialty is the way to go.
0: So run specialty, and, and certainly we're talking both about a service model as well as an experience that allows someone to come in. And in many environments, it may be a little bit intimidating to admit, well, I've not actually done this distance before, or you know what? I moved to Atlanta a few months ago, and I registered somewhat on a lark, or maybe even you know gone out on a bender with some new friends on a Friday night and decided to go ahead and register. But here I am, and now what do I need to do? not to embarrass myself or to get to the finish line. So this is a highlight of what this great city is all about. You mentioned chafing earlier. How many environments can you go into and immediately say, I've heard about this chafing thing or I've had it happen and have everybody like, oh yeah, that happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. You're welcome here. You're one of us. Mm -hmm. There aren't that many environments that those types of conversations occur. Run specialty and the run walk channel is one of those environments. There's no question that should be considered silly and there's no topic that's off the table or one that quite frankly, the men and women who are at Big Peach Running Company are not both prepared to answer and really, really enthusiastic to have a conversation about.
4: And you've been having that conversation for for a long time and, and, and you still have it with such enthusiasm and passion. How did you get here? What prompted you to get into the run specialty world?
0: So interestingly enough, in the AJC Peachtree Road Race was, was part of that story, but Big Peach Running Company was incepted in, in 2004, and there are a couple of different factors. The one I'll just mention right now is I still remember my first Peachtree Road Race in the late 1990s, and looking at the starting line, and I had the good fortune of being a little bit more up front, and being able to turn around and not just see all the people and suggest there might be opportunity, but more impor- importantly, the different ages, both genders, the body types and how different they were. It was just this incredible vision of how many different people are coming together on this morning, regardless of any stereotypes the running industry or runners in general might have, and those stereotypes were being crushed And it was so cool to see that there were families together and there were people who'd been doing the race for quite a, you know, even back then had been doing it for decades. There were people who you would say if you were looking at them in plain clothes, oh, they're probably not a runner. And yet they absolutely were. They were going to be in Piedmont Park in a few minutes. It was just an awesome vision to be able to turn around and see all those people with such different backgrounds and know that this is part of who we are, part of who we are as the city of Atlanta. And at that point it was like, There's too much opportunity and too many good reasons not to try to serve these people in a manner so that they're not just doing this one day a year.
2: A lot of gear handy for you at Big Peach Running Company and actually some peach tree specific gear, right?
0: That's exactly right. The licensed merchandise from Mizuno USA has never looked better. I think they've been given a lot of tremendous input from the Atlanta Track Club, not just with color and design, but also with fit and the feel, the materials people need, not just to perform well, whether it's on race day or during training, but quite frankly, we should all be really, really proud of this special event that we have in our city. And of course, the finisher's tee is a statement all to its own. But to be able, as Jay and I are here this morning, make the statement that we are the AJC Peachtree Road Race all year long is something you shouldn't just have to be able to do on July 4th at the barbecue after the race, but something that we ought to be able to do like we are right now and in that, the middle part of May. And now you can wear it on your feet. That's exactly <laughs> right. So second year in a row, you yes. can The year your feet. in a row, the limited edition AJC Peachtree Road Race shoe from Mizuno And we've been getting just an amazing response. I think partially because like you said, Jay, it was done last year and people saw not just how cool the shoe looked, but of course, as the wave rider, the flagship shoe on the neutral side of things from Mizuno, people know this is an awesome shoe for many foot types. And there are certain sizes we're already sold out. There are other sizes, core sizes that we're starting to run out of. So if people are thinking about the shoe, they might want to think about logging on and figuring out how to get it sooner. Yeah,
4: you're later. going You're going to be at the Peachtree Health and Fitness Expo on July 2nd and 3rd, but I, I would say don't wait until then to get some of your Peachtree li- licensed apparel. It's
0: funny you, you said that. You said <laughs> I would be there, which I will. I'm not convinced the shoes, at least not in many sizes, <laughs> uh-huh. will be there at with me point. and you, right. because they may be long gone at that point. Mm-hmm.
2: You can reach Big Peach Running Company through our website, atlantatrackclub.org, or just go to one of their locations around town.
4: Mike, tell us your locations again for those who don't know.
0: All right. So we've got seven full-service locations, Brookhaven at Town Brookhaven, East Cobb in Marietta, Decatur just off the Square Kennesaw off Barrett Parkway on Nower, Alpharetta off Windward Parkway, and 400 Swanee up at Swanee Town Center, right next to City Hall, and right in the heart of Midtown on Peachtree in between Fifth and Sixth. And then we have a recently opened outlet store called Peachy's Final Mile in Snellville, right at the intersection of Georgia Highways 124 and 78.
4: And if you're coming in from out of town this year, check them out at the Peachtree Health and Fitness Expo. We
0: will be there.
2: Mike Constantino, a big peach running company. Thanks for joining us on the Peach Tree Podcast. My pleasure. Well, Jay, we managed to pack a lot into episode one, so I'm looking forward to episode two just as much. Yeah, I don't know if we're
4: going to be able to fit this all in six episodes.
2: <laughs> we'll try for you, but uh, keep up with us. Keep on track with your training. And of course, next week, we're going to talk about how did the AJC Peachtree Road Race get to this point? 60,000 runners strong today, Jay.
4: Yeah, and we started with 110 back in 1970. Wow. So the, I, I'm not a math guy, but the percentage growth on that is it's high. <laughs> yes. It's really high. You know, we, we gradually grew. We didn't go from 110 to 60,000, but we can talk to some people next week that watched that evolution and can really give us some insight as to how the race grew and sustained its uh, its unique Atlanta feel and its celebration as it grew to such a big race.
2: That includes one of the oldest Peachtree runners today. Does she mind us saying that? I don't know. No, she doesn't mind us okay. saying
4: that at all. She, <laughs> She's a world record holder for 90 plus in the uh, 800 meters. Uh, she is a fan favorite. She runs professionally for Mizuno as of last year. Uh, Betty Lindbergh, always good to hear from no matter what uh, stage of your life you're coming into the AJCP Street Road Race? She's got some lessons that that everybody can learn from, and she's just a great story, and we love talking to her. So we're, we're going to hear from her. We're also going to talk to the medical director of the AJCP Street Road Race, Dr. Jonathan Kim. He is going to tell us about the impact of running on the heart, and he's also going to break down some of those myths versus facts about running. Is it really good for you, or should we be listening to our our family members who say that it's gonna that it's gonna kill us?
2: <laughs> yeah, running will not kill you. I think we all know the answer to that. If you're listening to this podcast today but we are going to sort through some of the different medical issues that runners face and that's all coming up right here next week on the peach tree podcast look forward to talking to you then
1: you've been listening to the peach tree podcast the official podcast of the ajc peach tree road race thanks to this week's sponsors the home depot coca-cola and big peach running company for more information visit atlantatrackclub.org like us on facebook or follow us on instagram and twitter at atl track
2: club